Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So I think that's what excites me in the next five years is actually seeing some more of the fruits of the hard work which has already been put in then come to fruition. And I think that's where you've got to look at your first 10 years. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shump. And in this episode, we continue the conversation with CEO and founder of WSC Group, David Shaw, sharing how he built his $8 million portfolio to more than 20 properties. Shaw explains the importance of a strong mindset and reveals the habits and strategies that helped him achieve success. Also, before we delve into this episode, go over to propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to receive your free property investor case studies where you'll learn how to generate passive income from your properties. Go there now to sign up for free. Reflecting on the origins of his investing career, Shaw shares how well-intentioned advice became an obstacle he had to overcome and the steps he took to strengthen his mindset. My father-in-law was uh, one person that helped me back a little bit. He was always questioning, saying, "Why am I doing this?" And uh, it got me uh, maybe a little bit, a little bit doubting myself in terms of mindset. Because when I first started property investing, it's not as if I had huge experience in that investing area. So, um, you know, you're always going to get those that love you around you, uh, giving you lots of advice, and that can actually sometimes distract you from i think a good mindset and you know people are always well-meaning but you know sometimes you actually have to look at the mindset of what you're trying to do and saying i'm in this for the long run and i'm going to grit my teeth and go for it and i'm always going to have a few people who with good intentions say don't do this or don't do that um but i think that's where you've got to stay uh, resolute and true to yourself do you do your research and really work hard on, uh, you know, your long-term strategy. But there's always going to be someone who says, well, why are you doing this? And my answer to that is now is when someone tries to advise you on property investing, ask them how many properties they've got. Because if they've got no properties themselves, why why are they advising you? <laughs> and I think that's, uh, you know, do as I do, as I do, not do as I say, if you know what I mean. To help develop his mindset as well as his strategy, Shaw sought a guidance from the mentors and resources that he could trust. There's a few. There's a few um, mentors out there. Without going to specifically, 
uh, into names. There's some really good books out there um, that you can read, which go through the basics of property investing. And, um, you know, I know there's a number of people out there that give property advice. Uh, first thing I'm always asking with those people is how many properties have they got themselves? Um, but a lot of the concepts, um, you know, at the end of the day, you're trying to buy a property in a location where it will grow and you're trying to use tax benefits to assist you um, in that process. And look, I think books are good for mentoring. I've also had some mentors as, as who've had a lot of properties. So I've been able to, um, you know, listen to some of their insights. And, um, you know, I think that's been really helpful. Continuing exposure to different ideas and strategies enables him to update his investing strategy. I've also attended lots of seminars over the years. Um, and in fact, I'm just attending another one, um, you know, a new, a new party that, uh, you know, I've come across and I said, gee, I'd like to attend your seminar. And if I can't get my seminar, go to seminars myself these days, I get my staff to go. Because I think you can always learn something um, from anyone in property. I've also looked at, um, over the years, there's been a few people have done dual occupancy properties that I've always thought are a really good option, um, albeit councils seem to not want to approve these dual locks as much these days. Um, but it's a way that you can look out uh, outside the square and have two sources of income on the one property. So that's just an example. I'm not saying that your listeners should do that, um, but thinking outside the square um, has been really, uh, really helpful. And I've also had, uh, as I said, I mentioned before, um, my, one of my per- first partners, they specialised in refurbishing properties. So they took a property, refurbished it, started it and sold it. Learn a lot from those and those uh, those partners in the original days, um, you know, whereas others I've learnt about the importance of long-term holding properties. Um, so I think when you when you're looking at your property investment journey, you get a lot of input from a lot of different people and, um, you know, and then you develop your own philosophy a bit from that. Having receiving insights and ideas from different people, Shaw shares the best advice he has ever received during his extensive investing career. I think the best advice I've ever received in terms of property was um, just buy and hold. And I know that sounds really simple. But when you see, and you see this as an accountant, people come, they do a little development. When they come out of it, they don't often make a lot of money. And I think if you're going to do this property game, you can do refurbishments, developments, that's all great, do all that, um, pay your tax on the profits, etc. But I think have earmark that group of properties. It's I call it your core group of properties. So you just buy and hold no matter what, you just you know, hold on to them and when you get the thought of selling one of them, you go, no, no, that's the core group. I can't can't sell those. And I think really that's where a lot of people, you, you might see a number of investors over the years in the property, uh, you know, on the tax side of things that, you know, our, is our business and, you know, they've bought and sold 10, 15 properties, but they don't have a lot to show for it, you know, except they've helped, the, you know, the great state of New South Wales or Queensland or, Victoria with a lot of stamp duty and, you know, also paid money in GST and income tax to the tax office, you know. And I think really holding, given our current tax system uh, with state and federal taxes, I think buy and holds 
I think, the best strategy, providing you've got a really good position and a really well-researched property. Remembering sometimes you may have to sell a property if you've really just made some really big mistakes and you need to start again, and I've seen some clients do that. Um, but if you're going, you know, fairly safe, um, you know, capital cities, major, major, major regional areas, but capital cities probably is the safest bet, uh, and just holding those properties, I think you'll make money long term. Even with the proper research, the success of the buy and hold strategies require a deep understanding of taxation that has also affected Shaw's strategy. There is still a lot of people under the illusion that you can, you know, demolish an old house, build five townhouses and, um, you know, uh, just sell them and keep the profit and, <laughs> you know, it doesn't work that way and, uh, you know, these days you wouldn't even get a capital gains tax discount on a lot of that um, that refurbishment profit. And the GST is what catches people out. And it's been really interesting being a tax agent. From this year, uh, property sales are now actually being registered on our tax agent portal, which is really interesting. And that's a sign to me that the tax office is right onto all property sales across Australia, we know they've been sharing information with the Office of State Revenues in each state. And uh, if you want to do a development and you think you're just going to do it and it's going to fly under the radar, you've got a lot of rethinking to do. So um, I think that's what probably steers me away a little bit from developing new properties from scratch because I see a lot of clients do it and when we get the results, it's not as good as they'd certainly helped, uh, hoped, particularly after they pay the tax. Yeah, wow, that's interesting. Okay, so with regards to, as you mentioned, the tax department is being to track all this at this point in time. How does it, um, I guess, help or even assist, say, for example, people's situation for the future? How can that actually benefit them too? There's a couple of key mistakes that um, our clients have, you know, you know, come to us in the past and we've had to point them in the right direction. If you have your own principal place of residence, for example, uh, if you then go and do a full um, refurbishment, many clients believe that it's because their principal place of residence, so, sorry, full development on that property, um, that they wouldn't be in tax involved because uh, it's their principal place of residence. But after a certain point in time, once you get down the development, uh, particularly when you start demolishing your old house and building townhouses on it, the additional profit after that, without getting too technical, um, becomes accessible income and I think that's really one of the areas particularly given property prices have gone up a lot uh, that people are looking to utilize the available land they've got but they're often mistaken um, you know with their principal place of residence and also if they carve off part of a block of land um, you know they have to apportion costs and some of those costs can be a long time ago and uh, you can be up for some really significant um, gains, which you didn't know you were going to have. And um, I think that's what uh, your viewers would always, your listeners would always have to be very careful of uh, in terms of, um, you know, if they've got those type of properties, get the right tax advice. Of course, we can provide that, uh, and we do. Uh, but you get the right advice because if you get an audit and you haven't disclosed something, the tax office, uh, in many cases, come up with their own estimate of what the tax might be, and then you've got to fight to prove that that's not the case. You know, so always get get 
everything done properly up front uh, to avoid this type of property. Breaking down Shaw's strategy, he reveals how he has been able to use Strata to his advantage. The properties that, um, particularly if you look at my uh, property investment, um, it's mainly residential property and I've um, tended to concentrate on uh, buying blocks of units actually uh, and I've got them in a number of different areas, refurbished them and then renting them out and waiting gradually for the uplift in value. And uh, if they're not started, I'll get the property started. Uh, and uh, one recent property I've been working on actually since 2005, I've got it restarted. I didn't like the strata, so I went through the process of getting um, the strata changed. And boy, is that a lot of fun dealing with councils to do that. Um, but that's the great majority of my uh, property portfolio are those uh, blocks of units. And uh, it means that I can have a number of properties in one location and basically uh, reasonably easy to manage. By investing beyond a place to call home, Shaw aims to secure himself in his future retirement. I believe your best investment should always be in your your own house, of course, um, because that is a capital gains tax-free asset um, in the great majority of cases. And so um, we've got a lovely uh, house we've invested in. Um, But remembering your house investment doesn't provide you with income in retirement. So what I've tried to do in my property investment is go probably more for yield and capital growth, um, but making sure that I can get uh, some capital growth uh, as we go. Uh, I've also got some commercial properties as well. In fact, uh, just about to buy a new one for our business. And uh, that's another thing for business owners out there uh, who might be listening is that often uh, you know, commercial investment's fantastic um, when you're the tenant because you know the tenant and the tenant tends to stick around because as long as you're in business, you're paying another entity rent. So, um, And I've got my commercial properties. I call them my problem childs that I spoke to you about before. Um, and actually, uh, you know, just in the process of renting out uh, one of those properties I've actually combined, four titles I've combined into one. So I've sort of, a, I suppose I haven't traditionally just gone and just bought a house and held on to it. Um, and I'm not sure if that's the right strategy for most people. Uh, sorry, I'm not sure if a different strategy is right for, for most people because I think most people are time poor and just buying a house and holding on to it, I think is a great strategy in a capital city. <clears throat> I haven't done that so much. And that's because I like to be more proactive in, um, you know, the development and adding value to um, those particular properties. It hasn't always worked, uh, as I've said, but, um, you know, that's what I've tended to do and that's what I tend to love uh, doing. So I get excited about those opportunities uh, when they come up. From residential to commercial, diversifying his investments across different aspects of property has allowed Shaw to meet his four key property goals. I have a philosophy um, and look, some people will disagree with me on this, okay? So there's no right way. Um, you, if you want to have $4 million worth of properties, do you want it tied up in two properties or 10? I tend to take the view, have it tied up in 20 because uh, at the end of the day, you're probably going to get a better yield and um, the risk on every individual property is not that high, right? Uh, a 200 grand property, for example, 
um, you'd have to have a lot go wrong for that to become a real problem for you, particularly if it's residential, you'd always find a tenant to rent that property. A $2 million property by itself, uh, particularly if you've only got one tenant, whether it's commercial or residential, you can get into a lot of trouble with that, you know. And uh, I think it's the probably the accountant in me. I've, I've tended to <coughs> prefer to have more properties at a lower value um, than perhaps other investors would recommend. I think it's probably hurt me in terms of the capital growth, but I'm prepared to um, live with that because I know that, um, you know, there's a good deal of rent coming in every year. And uh, even if interest rates go up, I know that my positive properties are still going to be positive. Factoring in interest on top of capital growth and positive cash flow is just part of the balance Shaw maintains to reduce risks in his investment strategy. I think it's having a balance. And as I point out to all our clients, and I'm sure your listeners will understand this, the difference between 4% and 6% interest rates is actually 50% extra interest. And I think you've always got to have that conservative uh, mindset because we can't assume a low interest rate environment will last forever. But I don't think most property investors think that way. You know, the interest rates tend to creep up on investors, um, you know, and we're enjoying a really great run with interest rates at 4%. But you think about that, if that was, you know, $2,000 a month, uh, interest repayments for a particular property at 4%, you know, you'd be looking at $3,000 a month at 6%. So it's a big increase. And there's no way in the short term that your rents can grow that fast. So um, I'm always uh, telling people actually in our, uh, you know, our tax advice to have a buffer on every property. What I mean is available line of credit, extra funds. So if rates do get a little high for t- a period of time, you can ride the storm. When we come back, we'll continue to explore some of the key components of Shaw's strategy. Start of the year, all, it's all very positive cash flow. Sometimes when I get to the end of the year, I realise I've spent a bit more than I thought. Um, but I take the view as a property uh, landlord to keep your properties in really good nick. The habits that have helped him continue expanding his portfolio. To look at all your bills. You've got to put time aside to do this. This is the key. So uh, every time I get into trouble with property investing, it's because I, I run out of time, you know, do these things. So I'm really committed. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Are you looking at buying property in 2018? Would you like expert tips and advice on the best ways you can purchase property? Whether you're a new or experienced investor, learn from the experts by downloading the Property Investment Buying Handbook. It contains the best tips and advice from 37 of Australia's leading property experts. Simply text me your email address to 0499881040 to get your copy today. So, just how extensive is Shaw's property portfolio at the moment? Now, I was just counting that the other day and I know it's about, um, I think it's about 33. Market value of that uh, portfolio would be around about um, $8 million. Okay. That's excluding my own house. Great, great. And roughly what kind of um, cash flow or yield are you receiving from that? Yeah, that's interesting. On the $8 million, and that's the market value, uh, 
well over four hundred thousand uh, dollars in rent. So even on the current market value, it's five percent. But remembering, I have bought uh, those properties are probably a lot, lot less than that uh, many years ago. So um, you know, some of my properties I'm getting about twelve percent yield on original cost. And uh, funny enough, that's where you probably want to be long term. You know, um, over that ten percent mark uh, when you when you're running into retirement. Maintaining a positive cash flow for a large portfolio like Shores requires continual budgeting to maximise success. Sometimes as your properties get a little older, you've got to spend some more money in repairs. So it does vary a little bit, to be honest, from year to year. Uh, when I set my budget at the start of the year, it's all very positive cash flow. Sometimes when I get to the end of the year, I realise I've spent a bit more than I thought. Um, but I take the view as a property uh, landlord to keep your properties in really good nick. And I probably spend too much, too much probably, uh, on the properties. Um, you know, it might cost me a little bit, but at the end of the day, you either do it each year or you're going to have a really big bill sometime every ten years. While some people are very strong advocates of either using buyers agents or purchasing for themselves, Short has a more flexible attitude. I've done most of my research myself, and I've done most of my buying myself. Although I have had help. Um, in a few situations and uh, certainly um, some real estate agents have been really helpful over the years. Uh, uh, real, one, one block of units I know I bought, uh, they're townhouses actually, um, I actually went on the market and I <laughs> had my agent, my trusted agent go and negotiate uh, that for me, get them on the market and get a deal done and I'm really happy that we did that. Um, but yes, we, we've certainly looked at our buying agents as well. Um, you know, to help us here and there. So, what does Shaw contribute to the major success of his portfolio? I'll tell you one thing. It um, uh, it really helped in the early years is that I had this commitment to myself that one day a month that I was not going to work in uh, my normal job, and uh, and that's probably a little bit easier when you work for yourself. You can do things like this. And I was going to spend that day a month on my property investing um, strategy. Now, I've got to say, in recent years, I haven't been holding to that. But I can tell you right now, I've got someone in my business that actually does do that for me. Um, and look, that commitment to the one day a month is making sure that you're really on top of your portfolio. You know where your loans are. You know um, you know what your costs are. Um, so... I, I probably don't spend the day a month now, but I do spend quite a bit of time over a month analysing what's given to me. I treat my property investing like a business and I think that's a really sensible way to, when you've got a number of properties, you've really got to do that. And uh, I also manage by exception, like for example, um, I had a number of properties in one area and I, I told my agent to stop paying all the bills for me because I wanted to actually go through the bills and uh, I found that um, some water, really significant water charges were being paid and I don't think I was incurring those costs. So I've gone away to investigate what has happened and some of these uh, things, you know, there are mistakes and they can go on. What would you recommend listeners to do to stay on top of their finances? So I'd always encourage you to look at all your bills. You've got to put time aside to do this. This is the key. So uh, every time I get into trouble with property investing, it's because I, I run out of time, you know, do these things. So I'm really committed 
to making sure even if I don't look at it, I've actually got some people in my business that look at it for me. One, they produce me accounts and two, they actually look at the expenses for me and then come back to me. So uh, when I first started this, I did it myself and now I get a bit of help. So uh, if you get too busy to do it yourself, get some help. The thing that comes with experience is finding the right mentors and getting the right resources as Shaw shares the resources that helped him throughout his investing career. There's a couple of things there. Um, There's probably the original book I I read was a book by a guy called John Fitzgerald, uh, Seven Steps to Wealth. And I've had a lot to do with him over the years and he was very uh, certainly keen on uh, helping uh, mentors, um, you know, uh, mentoring people through the whole property um, range. There's also um, uh, the property investor by a guy called Cam McClellan, a uh, good associate of mine, property wealth by numbers by a guy called Michael Quinn. Um, you know, so they're, they're sort of three of the names. Uh, I don't like to say too many names because, you know, at the end of the day, uh, there are a number of people out there. We also have. Um, uh, you know, different buyers agents who've, um, you know, done a lot of, we, we've done work with and they've got some really good insights as well. And uh, I think what you probably know is uh, the buyers agent wasn't around to, um, 10, 15 years ago, but, um, you know, now um, there's more prominent uh, people that just act on behalf of the buyer. Uh, I think if you can pick up a book um, from uh, one of those uh, people, then that's certainly um uh, really good, and there's a couple of those uh, out there. So they're probably the some of the books that uh, come come to mind uh, in terms of uh, you know the things I'd like. You know, I think are worthwhile reads anyway. So if Shaw met himself ten years ago, what would he say to him? If I met myself ten years ago, um, I would say to myself ten years ago, son. Don't go into things without doing research. Number one thing, I would give myself a little slap across the face and say, just take your time. You know what? There's always another deal out there. You don't have to rush into something because it's when I rushed that my 10 years ago self was probably a person that rushed, whereas today's person certainly isn't a person that rushes. I take my time. And if people want to pressure me, uh, I've had a few situations in my property life uh, recently. People want to pressure me. I just say, if you want to pressure me, the answer is no. And I wish myself for 10 years ago would have done that. I perhaps liked the thrill of the deal too much 10 years ago, whereas now um, after, you know, making some mistakes and actually paying for those mistakes, um, I'm a lot older and wiser in that area. And that can only happen with hindsight and looking back. But Some of these things you can only learn yourself. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, what are you most excited about in your property journey, say, over the next five years? I feel the hard work's been done and now I've just got to continue to be patient um, and continue to add value and think outside the square. And I'll give you an example. Um, we've got an aging population. Some of my blocks of units are all on one story. Uh, I've recently thought it's time for me to start to investigate how I can make this into an, you know, an older age, you know, almost semi-retirement block, you know, where I can have people that, you know, don't need to go up 30 steps 
um, come get a few extra services. And I think that's the good thing about property is that um, you can always reinvent. If you've got the right properties, you can always reinvent, the, you know, what those properties are all about. And that's what I'm looking forward to in the next uh, five years. Um, we've got some unique properties on the water, and uh, I think patience is the key there, um, particularly with dealing with agents. Um, don't let them, you know, an agent sells you something as a commission check, whereas this is your this is your financial life, your properties. So I think that's what excites me in the next five years is actually seeing some more of the fruits of the hard work which has already been put in then come to fruition. And I think that's where you've got to look at your first 10 years as like you're building and then your next 10 to 15 years is like you're reaping, you know, where you actually reap the rewards. So what are the best ways to get in contact with Short to find out more? You can actually go onto our website, WSC Group uh, website. So you can um, Google that, of course. And um, there's also there's contact uh, contact us section in that website, <clears throat> and that's where we get a lot of our inquiries now. Um, so um, you know www.wscgroup.com.au, uh, and then certainly uh, fill in the contact details. Uh, my email address is actually, and, and many people uh, come straight to me still, as I've said, david.shaw at wscgroup.com.au. So uh, those are the main uh, two ways to um, uh, talk to us uh, and also info at wscgroup.com.au. So uh, we'd love to be able to, uh, you know, speak to anyone, particularly if your listeners have had me share some of these uh, things and and gone, gee, I think I need to get some proper advice. Um, Don't delay that um, one minute because... Uh, you know, as peace of mind in this property, um, particularly with regard to tax, I think is very important. So uh, we'd love to help you at WSC Group. You can be assured all of our accountants, there's uh, 24 of them, I think. They all live and breathe property on a daily basis. So you're in good hands with just not me, but also the entire team. Thank you to David Shaw, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about his journey, then visit our website at propertyinvestory.com. Simply type in the search bar, David Shaw and select that episode to learn more about his story. Also, are you looking at buying property in 2018? Would you like expert tips and advice on the best ways you can purchase property? Whether you're a new or experienced investor, learn from the experts by downloading the Property Investment Buying Handbook. It contains the best tips and advice from 37 of Australia's leading property experts. Simply visit propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to get your copy right now. Thanks for listening.